Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Today I'm speaking with 21-year-old guitarist and singer-songwriter Maya Delilah, who released her second EP last month. And I feel like it's caused quite a stir ever since. So Maya, how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me on. Very excited to be here. No worries. Um, So today we'll have a little chat about you, your journey, the EP, you know, future plans. But to start, I kind of like to rewind a little bit. And what was your introduction to music as a whole, whether that's a song, whether that's something that your family? I always grew up with just music always playing we mean like never don't have music playing in the house like for dinner it's like a sin to not be listening to music while you eat so yeah but they'd always just play like such an eclectic mix of genres and cultured music and like just so many different styles so I was always like I was immersed into music from a young age not just like the pop music of the time and then you know just as kind of every school kid does learns an instrument at school mine was piano and then um started learning guitar when my sister did because I was jealous and then yeah from then on I like fully fell in love with it did you try out piano not your thing yeah well I was taught it in a really um traditional way of scales and learn this piece for your next exam and it was just that like military practice vibes which I wasn't into and I was stubborn as well so I feel like making an instrument feel like a chore is never good for a kid it's like going to do your homework it's not let's go and have fun and like do this expressive creative thing mm, I get you yeah you're right it does suck the soul out of it a little bit when it's like I've got to go practice my scales exactly also I hadn't discovered yet that I was super dyslexic and because I'm dyslexic I can't really read black on white it disappears, which is quite a weird form of it. So trying to read music is even more complicated. So trying to do that without realising that I was dyslexic and was like, I don't know what's going on. I look at it and it just goes out the other side. So that made it an extra hurdle that made it feel even more like a chalk. So I was like, I can't even do it properly, but got to do my half an hour a day. Oh, wow. Okay. So how did that kind of work when you got into learning guitar? When I started learning guitar, my teacher, Paul, best man ever, he was kind of just like, let's just pick a song that you like this week and I'll teach it to you. No sheet music, no anything. You choose the song. What do you like? Or sometimes he'd choose the song, but it was it would always be something really fun and something that I think he knew that I would like. So that's how I learn and have been doing it ever since. I've, I can't read sheet music. I can't read tabs. I can't do any of that I do it all by ear and I'm really happy that I learned guitar that way because I feel like it it made my ear really good and I feel like it takes the rules away which makes it even more 
expressive because there's no rules I don't know the scales I don't know any of that it's just like play what sounds nice and I think that that has more of a beauty to it than follow the sheet music and see where you end up yeah no definitely when I was learning piano I remember I literally I'd hate reading it I'd hate reading music I just remember I'd just learn it all and then remember it rather than read anything and that I've definitely preferred doing it that way so your guitar teacher, he was a guy. And like I was wondering, growing up, but did you have any role models within guitar who were women? Um, no, I didn't, honestly. I mean, it's still such a male-dominated instrument. It's still like all the greats. You kind of think of the men first, which is really sad, which, you know, hopefully will change. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of female artists that I looked up to, but guitarists, I to be honest, I didn't like look into guitarists until I went to sick form. Oh, kind of after sixth form, I remember my teacher in year 13 was like, oh, who's your favourite guitarist? I didn't know how to answer it because I didn't really know any. So I was just like, oh, I was like, I don't really like pick a favourite guitarist. It's just whoever, you know, has the most soul when they play. It's not about the shredding. He was like, I like that. But I do believe that. But secretly, I was also like, I can't answer the question. I don't know any guitarists. I haven't really seen it as like, this is an instrument other people play. Let's look up and study that and shred in my bedroom. I'm not that kind of player. It is literally just like I'll diddle about until something sounds nice and then I'll just play that for like five hours and be happy and then I'll put it down. I I never really looked into it and I I don't know anything about gear really. So I go into a guitar shop and they're like, oh, this beginner knows nothing at all. And then I'll play and I'll be like, oh, this is a bit weird. (laughs) I love that. It's kind of a weird in between. that I I kind of, I mean, now I know loads of guitarists and I get really inspired and I've, I'm learning more and I'm enjoying learning more. But that wasn't up until like two, three years ago that I started really looking at the history of it and all the knowledge behind it and stuff. No, no. And I know you said about the guitar being, you know, male dominated and you're passionate about encouraging other women into playing the guitar. So I was wondering what you think about the statement, you can't be what you can't see. Yeah. Oh, no, I think that's bullshit. Well, that's just what the imagination's for, isn't it? Because clearly that didn't happen for you. Yeah, exactly. That didn't happen for me. I think that the world is made a more um, expressive, creative place by the people that push the boundaries and and try and do stuff that they think is, you know, not possible or whatever. And I think it takes people trying to, like, turn stereotypes on their side and push them away for like change to happen obviously I think it would be a pretty boring world if people didn't try and I guess rebel I guess this isn't rebelling but you know what I mean so yeah I I didn't yeah I didn't have any female guitarists that I found at a young age to look up to I was actually really into playing with this sounds so funny as like a little eight-year-old but I was I was really into playing with gender stereotypes from a young age and I was very much a tomboy when I was younger and I hated doing anything girly and, you know, wanted to skate, do all the typical boy that I could see all the boys around me doing and all my like best friends were boys and they were skateboarding and they were doing sport and actually I never did sport, but I was doing skateboarding. But then I was also doing ballet because all my, all the girls in my class were doing it. And then I saw my sister playing guitar and I thought, well, that's the thing that no girls I've seen in my school are playing. Let's do that. That's, that will you know, make me stand out a bit more. (laughs) So that's how that started because I was kind of jealous of her 
having this I mean I thought it was a cool instrument but I was kind of like oh that's that's quite a boyish thing in my head this is the kind of thing that I don't want any other young girls to think I don't want them to be like that's a boy thing so let me pick that up to try and be like the boys or whatever yeah like it run it runs deeper and opens up a whole conversation around gender stereotypes really yeah do you think now that you being there with a guitar is that for you is that hopefully going to encourage other young girls to realize oh actually that's a path I could go down yeah that is my main aim I mean it's amazing I get messages quite often from young girls saying that they picked it up because of me and they were nervous because they didn't feel encouraged to pick it up because it's a male-dominated instrument and that can be quite disencouraging. It makes me so happy when I get those messages because that's kind of all I, I'm looking to do in terms of the bigger picture. I want people to see it as just, this is a cool instrument I can pick up, not the way that I started playing it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Touching on briefly your Spotify bio, which says you used to be a surgeon, now we're here. But I always forget that that's there. <laughs> yeah. What you're doing now is, is this. Was this an unexpected path for you? Yeah, it actually was. I I don't think I actually really saw myself fully going into music until I went to Brit School for Sick Form and then kind of put all my eggs in one basket. Um, but the year before I decided to go to Brit School, all of my like careers meetings at school were to go to med school I was super into like being a surgeon because I was obsessed with Grey's Anatomy because apparently that's a good reason to go into medicine I was kind of thinking of either doing that or being a dancer and then I I don't know how I was just like let's just do music (laughs) why not and yeah I wasn't enjoying school very much so I would spend a lot of time playing guitar kind of in that last GCSE year and then and then I auditioned for Brit. I definitely didn't think I'd get in. And I didn't, I wasn't, I was kind of like, if I get in, I don't know if I'll stay. Probably not. And then I got in and I was like, the whole summer was, I was just like, no idea what I'm going to do. Absolutely no clue. And then my mum said, what would Prince do? And I was like, oh, fine, <laughs> I'll go. And that was my deciding factor. Because I was like, so in love with Prince. And she said that and it was such like a... That, like such a spiritual moment I was like well I must go now and that was literally the deciding factor and then from then on I was like I'll do music for my life now channeling prince absolutely love that <laughs> um out of interest yeah Brit school what did that experience teach you Brit school was the best two years of my life it was so good I feel like my classmates taught me more than any classes did not that the classes didn't teach me stuff they did I learned so much but everyone was so good and everyone was really encouraging and I didn't find it the kind of competitive nature that I think is expected of a performing arts school like Brit I just found it really encouraging and I found it so motivating to kind of have amazing musicians that were better than me like because I feel like all of us at our old schools we were kind of at the top of our game there and we felt good about ourselves and I think we got a bit too cocky and then we went to Brit and we were like fuck everyone's sick like I need to work now otherwise I'm gonna look bad and I actually joined Brit for singing and for playing folk guitar I was like super Laura Marling-y didn't really have an electric guitar I wanted to be a folk singer folk musician but the first day I walked in I saw a majority of the boys playing electric guitars majority of the girls being singers or with like singers music guitars and I fell straight into that stereotype and I was like sick I don't want this 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 annoys me so two days into Brit I went and I bought my first electric guitar and I 
stopped kind of playing the acoustic guitar for those two years and just worked on um, kind of the style that I do now. Um, I've picked up the acoustic again now because I love it. Um, but that's how I got into that kind of realm of uh, electric playing and and the style that I now do. And that's all thanks to the people at Brit and my classmates for being so amazing that I just kept wanting to level up them. <laughs> um, and what year did you leave Brit school? 2018. Okay, cool. And I guess that kind of, after that must have led up to your debut EP, Oh Boy, which we're going to hear Tangerine Dream from that now. I want nothing less So We can be Forever more. Let me get this out my chest Come close But first tell me that you already know that Just because I'm silent doesn't mean that I'm not trying I can look you in the eye It doesn't mean I'm dying Before it's too late So I'm intrigued um, Looking back now What's changed for you since looking back from that EP to now, like lyrically, musically, how have you grown as an artist? I've done both EPs with Stephen Barnes, my producer and co-writer. And we'd kind of just met when we started writing that first EP and we were kind of sussing out each other's everything, like how we like to write lyrically, how we like to start a song, and finish a song and everything. And I feel like that EP was us trying to find our sound. And I think that we did that and we did it in the way that we wanted to. We'd really discovered by the end of the first EP how we like to write and what lyrical styles we like to do. And the whole process of the second EP, regardless of the situation, because it was written about the break, my breakup and that was all a flood of emotions. So it was written really, really quickly. But I think it made it so much easier, like navigating how to write it, because we'd gotten to know each other so well throughout doing the first EP um yeah we just kind of realized we liked doing um funner lyrics and jokey lyrics and not getting too serious with metaphors and um what instrumentations we like he he like we can really read each other now it's very rare that we disagree on anything really like production or lyric lyrically and if we do we're kind of at a place where it could be like no I'm right and he'll be like no I'm right and we'll be like okay fine you're right it's like very relaxed and not polite <laughs> which is nice you need to have that comfortable relationship with someone when you're working on something so personal exactly and intimate, I guess yeah um yeah and moving on to your EP which congratulations by the way is, is out now um it's not me it's you I like that Thank I like you. the play on that I like the energy behind that name so <laughs> do you want to talk to me a little bit about that about the name yeah, about the name, about yeah. the themes. Um, well, when when my uh, boyfriend at the time broke up with me, he used the classic line, it's not uh, you, it's me. So, and then I, I did realise after he was such a horrible person that he was correct and it was him and it wasn't me. So that's why I used that name, kind of lined up with the situation perfectly. The whole EP was written in the space of a month, the month following the breakup. Yeah, it was just a flood of emotions going into each song. Um, it wouldn't, we wouldn't, we didn't even have time for Stephen to be like, show me a reference. What do you want to write about today? He'd come in and I'd be like, I'm pissed off. And he'd be like, all right. And then it would be written in the next like half an hour. Yeah. Uh, also, what I like, you know, you can feel the kind of soul pop feel and um, the gospel feel to it as well. And I guess 
is Sam Henshaw a big part of that coming into your sound? Yeah, definitely. Um, Sam's always been a massive inspiration of mine. I still find it crazy that I get to work with him. And I have loved gospel, like been obsessed with gospel for a really, really long time. And with my kind of gospel phases, I found Sam ages ago. I've actually referenced him before in sessions because I just think his sound is great and it's so soulful. And I just, I love music that makes you feel that soulful feel and nothing does that better than gospel. So he just seemed like the perfect person to come and write. He was, he's, you know, it's in my top list of people that I wanted to write with in my life. So yeah, very grateful that he was he was on two of the songs. And I feel like it did bring the gospel element that I was looking for. And that I think went really well with this project, especially because he helped write um, Thank You as well. And he's in the back of the vocals and stuff. And I think that's, I mean, that's the song that I wanted the most emotion and the most feeling with. And he came and sat down and did those chords. And I was like, that's, those chords are exactly how I'm feeling. That is just perfect. And it, everything kind of just fell into place when he started writing with us and you know it was just perfect he's he's great yeah I guess because like you said you worked with Stephen before how was it um bringing Sam into your your space you know like was it easy for you or or did you kind of have to readjust having new new energy and new person it was our first time bringing in someone that we didn't know properly. It literally couldn't have gone smoother. It, I think we were, me and Steve were both nervous because we were like, oh my God, Sam Henshaw. We have to do a good job. We want him to like us. But he was so chill and he just came in and it just, he, I feel like he just felt right at home and he's really easy to chat to and bounce ideas off and it flowed out so easily. I remember after, after we wrote Breakup Season, our first session, I texted him what did I I think I texted him and I was like well that went well because it just like flowed so easily and he was like yeah that went weirdly smooth like we were both like that was weird how like much that clicked and then it was really nice because because that happened we got to be like do you want to come back and like do it again and that's when we did thank you and I mean me and Steve are hoping that he's going to be a collaborator for most projects and come and write with us and he seemed to enjoy it so you know it's it it worked really well nice how things work out I think yeah and um is there anyone else you know who's next who's next on the list that you're like I need to get in get a session with you oh my god I have such a long list okay can you name top three top three of like dream people or of like yeah go and dream big yeah all right um Anderson Pack is number one. Oh yeah yeah, John Mayer is probably number two. And then I'm quite into Tyler, the creator at the moment. So I'd probably, it's quite a random one, my music, but I, I've, I've always like liked the idea of having a rapper on something. Um, so Do you know what? I could hear Tyler, creator on yours. Oh, thank you. I think, I think it could work, definitely. I would love that. You're young, you're 21, you're already doing so well and you're very, very talented. And so what? what are your goals you know what's the what's the aim I, I, it's a bit of a hard question isn't it like what's the aim but where do you would you like to be like touring somewhere huge would you like to be connecting with bigger artists like what for you is more the most important thing yeah absolutely I, I'd love to just be touring the world meeting and working with all those artists that I dream of working with and I used to actually say that 
doing smaller intimate venues like I mean it's not small but like roundhouse size maximum I'd, I'd be like that's the biggest thing I want to play and then I got really into trying to encourage women and young women to pick up the guitar and I realized that if I'm actually going to do that and put all my energy into that and like make that happen I need to do bigger venues than that and I need to try and make myself more seen so now it's just like I just want to go all the way and you know do the massive venues and and also I love performing so I don't know what what I was thinking before it's probably trying to be niche um <laughs> but yeah just the whole the whole spiel I'd love to do love that and to round up what do you think you've learned about yourself from this EP oh so much I think I've learned that I am actually better than I thought at being able to put my emotion into my work I kind of thought that I like I didn't expect myself to be able to put my emotions in these songs and feel like I'd actually gotten out what I wanted to emotionally as well as musically and it makes me feel a lot more settled in life like it is actually such a way to express yourself and it's nice it's a nice thing to be able to say what you never got to say through music and have that as kind of a safety net in life I guess and because the first EP was very a lot of the songs weren't kind of about like much it, you know it was one about my cat it's like it wasn't actually me putting as much emotion into it I, I didn't really realize that that was something that I was able to doing I think I kind of grew into that for this EP which I was happy about um yeah I think I learned a lot musically and what I like and you know working with Sam I learned how to you know co-write in a three uh that was really fun and I'd love to do that more so yeah a bunch of a bunch of things were learned during this this EP cool I think I'm going to end on your song thank you just because I think it you know it's in an NZP it kind of rounds up and I really really like it but thank you very much for coming on as well thank you for having me this is thank you Take a break Though it took me about a hundred days